Welcome to the Digital From Day One podcast. Our aim is to build a bridge by creating content that will pique interest, spark conversations, and encourage further innovations that will ultimately build a more informed and prepared pipeline of learners headed for the 21st century workforce. Hi, my name is Brandon Dickerson, and joining me as always is Joelle Nelson. Today, we'll be listening to our part two discussion with the Chief Innovation Officer at the Ohio State University College of Nursing, Tim Radersdorf. Columbus is, you know, logistically centered, you know, as a, I guess you could say a logistics hub of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I mean, these students have access, you know, to cover my meds nationwide, you know, the Wexner, you know, medical center as well too, um, just with the in-demand of uh, tech jobs that are here and also the startup culture that is um, coming about within Columbus. From your perspective as um, the chief operating officer of nurses, you know, everywhere, for someone that I guess that's not in say the IT realm, but is in the healthcare realm mm-hmm. and they're not, you know, used to, you know, healthcare IT, how can we position them to understand the different, you know, networks that they have to get them ready for the workforce um, that is positioned, you know, so beautifully here? It's, it's a great question. Um, and one of the ways that we're actually trying to tackle that at Ohio State is to, we, we've created a master's for healthcare innovation program. So this is not a wow. nursing degree. It's out of, it's out of the college of nursing, uh, but it's an interprofessional degree. So right now it's comprised of about half nurses, half non-nurses, and that diversity of profession continues to grow within the MHI program. Uh, if you want to learn about it, you can go to mhi.osu.edu. But th- this is a fantastic program comprised of people like me who have said, I love healthcare. I love taking care of patients. I love impacting lives. And I think that there are uh, and, and people who believe that they can do that in ways that don't entail being in a hospital or being in a, a nurse practitioner's office or a physician's office. So we teach innovation leadership and it opens people's eyes to their uh, ability to lead organizations like the Wexner Medical Center in a different way. Uh, you know, how do you take an entrepreneurial mindset and bring that into a huge health system like, like Wexner Medical Center or the James. And then it, we also teach them to, to think, all right, and how are these skills applicable at Aetna and, and nationwide and, and other health insurance agencies? Or what would it look like if I went and worked at a startup and what, what value add could I bring to them as a clinician or someone with a expertise in healthcare? Or you know, maybe what if I started my own company and, and how could I leverage the wealth of knowledge that I have in, in healthcare to, to be successful in that way? So it's, it's a new approach. It's not an MBA. It's not an MHA. It's an it's a MHI uh, that focuses entirely on innovation leadership. And, you know, we, we've got uh, about 55 students, I think, who enrolled in our last cohort. This is our, our third cohort to come through, a fully online program. And uh, it, it's taught by, if you uh, go out and look at the top healthcare innovation textbooks in, in America, most of the people who've written them either designed the uh, content or faculty um, in the mm-hmm. program. And to follow up uh, just quickly, I guess, what is, I guess, something for healthcare IT, you know, innovators um, that I guess doesn't get enough attention? And it could be, you know, specifically with technology within, you know, the healthcare system uh, currently. So um, this is the thing that I think doesn't get enough attention in healthcare IT is the value of the individual. So I, I believe that the most important piece of technology that we have in healthcare are our bedside clinicians 
and our mm-hmm. our IT specialists. You know, w- without the lived experience, it's really hard to solve problems in a meaningful way. So while we have to continue to develop those hard skill sets, we also need to find a way to extract the knowledge that's happening at the front lines. So I, I think that the only way to do that is to place immense value on your people and allow them and afford them opportunities to continually change your system for the better. Speaking to that, because you're uniquely positioned, right, to have this title at the Ohio State University mm-hmm. in, you know, in Columbus and Central Ohio, where you have all of these, as, as Brendan was mentioning, large healthcare systems with Ohio Health and University System. And you also have Cardinal Health, you have Abbott, you have all these other, you know, entities that that touch healthcare in, in different ways. And I, you know, I'm I'm assuming that you were having conversations with some of these individuals because again, you're the chief innovation officer at Ohio State. If you can give us some insight into what those conversations are like in particular, you know, talking about the students that are coming to and through Ohio State and going out into to be part of their workforce, this innovation skill set, which I mean, people already have, but it's kind of bringing that out. Mm -hmm. And then how that can translate to what they're doing and how they need it to translate to what they're doing in the workforce. So, you know, our, our partners throughout Columbus see the value. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's pretty obvious to them. And admittedly, there's a gap because yeah. while I believe a lot of this is is built into people, the, you know, innovation is, is a little bit of, of that combination between science and art, like the people who understand the science behind ideation rate and mm-hmm. engaging your frontline workers, that puts a leg up over people who say, um, you know, my research and development team are these three people and you know, we're not going to focus much on R&D on, on anyone else in the team. So our community members see the value in, in, in this degree and in, in, in building the entrepreneurial mindset, the innovative mindset within our within our students. Importantly, though, you know, it, it's important to focus that we need that to move beyond students and it needs to be adapted by our faculty as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, when we think about being a, a meaningful collaborator to the ecosystem in Columbus, a lot of that gets driven by intellectual property creation and it gets driven by leveraging the expertise of the world-class faculty that we have within our organization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, continuing to build relationships, you know, that that's that's a very small part of my job. We have people who are much more talented and focused on that at the university through the corporate engagement office. But, you know, th- that's one of the key things that determines the success of, of organizations like, like Ohio State is how well you play with your community, uh, how mm-hmm. well you contribute to community and how, diverse your contribute your contributions to your community are. So yeah. I think that that's something that I don't know when when we're recording this right now this is a week after Dr. Johnson and Dr. Wong's talk at ED411 with the Columbus region. I don't know if yeah. either of you were able to see that last week, but they gave a very uh, heartened and exciting talk about how they view the future of Ohio State as a pillar of of corporate engagement and not only creating the best workforce that we possibly can to meet the demands of our community, but also that we are going to be 
collaborators and labs and, and creating IP and, and uh, bringing new technologies to the fray at a, at a heightened level. And, and to me, you know, with my role, that that's the Kool-Aid I like drinking every day. Um, so I, I was pretty excited to hear that. Uh, I'm pretty excited to hear how that that's not going to happen in a vacuum. That's going to be with our community to help us, you know, find mutual success. And you're also the head of the academic entrepreneurship at the Eros. Air Ocean Institute. Institute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying, you know, is creating a direct pipeline, honestly, you know, from the work yeah. that you're doing at the uh, innovation studio to, you know, these companies that we, you know, uh, discussed earlier. Can you just give us a little bit of a, a background of some of the work that you're doing in that space and how it's, you know, translating to, you know, um, workforce readiness, uh, not only, you know, students here in the 21st century uh, workforce, but also maybe others that may be transitioning into the healthcare IT. So the Airdosh Institute is the brainchild of uh, Roman Holowinski, who's created other amazing things at Ohio State, like the steam factory. Roman is, you know, an incredible visionary and understands how to address problems and solve problems with people. So one of the things that most most people outside of academia may not know is that on average, the United States graduates somewhere between, I think the number is 40 and 60,000 PhD students per year. Wow. And... Uh, with that graduate, there's between uh, about 10% of those graduates end up finding employment in academia, about four to 5,000 positions in academia. So that model is built to take people who are incredibly driven, incredibly intelligent, you know, very focused on and, and passionate about, a, in a lot of times, a very niche area uh, of research mm-hmm. or, or work. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of outlets for them from employment after the fact. So what the Eridosh Institute has set out to do is help PhDs find or create jobs that they love. And mm-hmm. uh, through the Eridosh Institute, we have uh, boot camps that help train PhD students as they're matriculating through the program as data scientists. And then we partner with uh, organizations like Cover My Meds and help them uh, identify students from cohorts that they'd like to uh, employ after the fact. So uh, we help them with job placement and then, you know, it becomes this great cycle of, of solving a big problem and doing it in a way that benefits our communities as well. So this, this Airdosh Institute model has uh, now been adopted and we collaborate with Rutgers University, that school up north as well, and uh, found ways to impact communities even beyond central Ohio. So, this idea of democratizing innovation. One of the things that interested me about uh, when I was, you know, doing my research on you is this idea of democratizing education, right? Because mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought was interesting about what you you did for yourself was essentially you created a uh, kind of your own program study mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at, yeah. at, at Ohio State, which is interesting. And, and I would like to know more about that um, because I think, first of all, it's the first time I ever heard that. And, and then I think mm-hmm. others would like to know that, you know, how is that possible if I'm, you know, have this interest that I, that doesn't match what I see in all of the areas. So I'm a double Buckeye. I got my, my doctorate there in nursing uh, back in, in 20, when did I graduate there? 2018, 2019. But my undergrad was created by my, by my um, passion. I, I thought I wanted to be a physician at the time and, mm-hmm. uh, way back in, in the golden days, uh, the options for, for pre-med were uh, biology, chemistry, or human nutrition. So either mm-hmm. one of those three majors would hit all the prereqs you needed to go to med school. Neither of those three majors were attractive to me, uh, which mm-hmm. may have been the first point that I should have thought maybe med school is not 
the, the path you want to go. Um, but you know, young, young, privileged, and dumb at, at 20 was, uh, was accurate, I guess you could say at that time. So I designed my own major at Ohio State, which is called humanistic medicine. And the process behind that was, all right, let's, let's take all the science courses that we need, but take away all those extra biology or all those extra chemistry courses and replace mm-hmm. them with things that would make me a better clinician, like mm-hmm. sociology of uh, the child, sociology of the adult and geriatric, uh, psychology of child, you know, all these things that I thought would help me better understand people that I'd be working with. Mm-hmm. So it, you can do this through the arts and sciences college at Ohio state, and it allows you to have a pretty diverse uh, experience, uh, provided that it gets approved through their through their program. So mm-hmm. I, admittedly, when I when I graduated and decided I wasn't going to go to med school, I thought it was potentially a, a, a not very uh, smart move. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, when I realized I wanted to to be a nurse, it ended up being an incredibly intelligent move because I had all the mm-hmm. prereqs for nursing set up except for two of them. And and then when I became a nurse, you know, all those classes that I took that helped me f- prepare for that bedside manner, they were all there already because it was part of my undergraduate experience. And I think that that actually probably gave me a little bit of a leg up in caring for patients as well, because I, I had that knowledge from, from my undergraduate degree. So creating your own degree is, is wonderful. I've, I've created my own degree. I've created my own jobs. I, I, if for anyone out there who's feeling the strain of work and life and, and right now, which I'm sure many of the listeners are, I, I recognize that I'm, I'm coming from an immense place of privilege when I when I say this, mm-hmm. but it is possible to create your own jobs. It is possible to create your own roles within your organization. Uh, I found that by having open and honest conversations about the direction that you want to go with your career, the way that you think you can provide benefit that's missing to your organization in, in, in a novel mm-hmm. way is a really interesting and depending on your leadership, a really effective way to achieve your goals while advancing your organization's goals as well. So uh, if you have an idea how to make your organization better, if you, if you think that you've got the next innovation studio or some other way to make Ohio State thrive, please speak up because we need more people who are engaged and involved in this realm. Uh, we need more collaborations. We need more yes and people. Uh, we need more people with diversity of thought and opinion. These are all things that will make our university better, faster, stronger, cheaper, more inclusive and equitable. Awesome. And like I said, with all the things that you know, you've know you done and continue to do, um, one of the things that really has stood out to me, just the time you know, I've met, met with you and being around you, you know, just the compassion and empathy you have for people, you know, is really a powerful catalyst, you know, for healing, you know, uh, especially within the line of work that you're doing. So, you know, I really appreciate, you know, all the things that you've done um, for healthcare IT. I want to transition a little bit though, but for, I guess, a middle school student, or even someone that's in um, college right now, what are, I guess, some lessons learned that you would maybe tell um, mm-hmm. those students or, you know, your uh, past self if they wanted to transition into the space? So I'd like to speak to young men, young boys who are in middle school first, if I could, mm-hmm. because we need more of you in nursing. Uh, we need more of you who, who may not have thought of nursing as a profession who may not see that pathway. You know, I, I, again, came from suburban lifestyle and and went to college prep school and I was excelled in math and science. So they told me that I should be a physician. And if I wasn't great at math and science, then they would have told me I should have been a lawyer. Like those were the two things that were going to be put on, you know, a college prep white boy's plate back in 2000. Right. 
So I don't, I don't even know if at that point, for all of you who are out there listening at that age when you're 15 or, or 12, I don't even know if that point, if someone said you, you should be a nurse, I would have even heard that or, or, or laughed that off. But nursing has been the most rewarding career that I could have imagined. It has provided new opportunities to me and provides new opportunities to me on a daily basis. Um, I've been able to take care of patients, bring them joy and, and you know, hopefully help in the healing process for many and continue to do that by not being at the bedside, by running an innovation lab and by mm-hmm. teaching um, uh, in an innovation program. And those are nursing jobs. Those are jobs that nurses do. I have, I am a registered nurse in the state of Ohio doing those things. So, you know, it, it's one of the greatest careers and pathways out there for people um, who want to engage in a STEM profession. You know, nursing is absolutely a STEM. It's a, it's a bachelor's of science uh, degree is, is the, as an, as an entry point uh, or one of many entry points, but we need more men. We need more people of color. We need the diversity of our profession to mimic the diversity of our population. So if any of you are out there and they're interested, please find me, you know, there, there's not many Raiderstorfs at the Ohio State University. Um, <laughs> and there's, you know, I'm very fortunate to, there's not many chief innovation officers and, you know, at, at the university as well, at, at the College of Nursing. If you just look up our webpage, you'll find me very easily. And I'd, I'd love to talk with you about how uh, you can have impact like similar to what I'm experiencing and enjoy similar to what I'm experiencing uh, for working in the nursing profession. And, and I would say, you know, that's, that's wonderful to hear. And, and, you know, we, our listening audience um, is trying to drive toward the uh, K-12 arena um, mm-hmm. because, you know, of the idea of inviting them into the Ohio State University mm-hmm. and higher education and opportunities through higher education. Uh, but there's also the teachers and the administrators and the counselors in those spaces, too. And what would you say to, because we've talked about democratizing innovation and democratizing um, technology and, and, and things of that nature. But in my opinion, the overall uh, overarching umbrella of this is democratizing opportunity mm-hmm. and democratizing solutions. And from your perspective, how can teachers, you know, I, I, the, I think the TED talk you did talked about the difference between kind of the negative thought of I'm just a teacher to mm-hmm. I am a teacher, you know, things like that. For a teacher, for a counselor, for uh, an administrator in, you know, in a high school in, you know, uh, at Northland High School or, or, or South High School or something, what would be your thoughts on how they can democratize opportunity and, and, and solutions uh, for their students to even think that Ohio State is possible, nursing is possible, creating my own path of study is possible. So I think it's hard because we're talking about changing norms. But I think the encouragement to everyone out there is listening who are in those roles that I that I'd like to provide is to be a positive deviant. You know, start challenging every norm that's out there. And one, I think your your students will absolutely love you for it. Um, it'll make you stand out amongst your peers because, uh, at least from my experience, you know, I, I was a middle school teacher uh, or a paraprofessional in a middle school for my first year out of college. You know, it's really easy to get to get caught in the norms and uh, the state requirements and, and all the things that, you know, 
kind of contribute to what is a really challenging profession. So one, gratitude for all of you for, for the work that you're doing. Uh, but two, don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to encourage your students to be different. And I know many of you are doing this, but you know, opportunity comes with a viewpoint that you're willing to find it. One of my mentors always says, dangle your feet in the river of opportunity. And you know, recognizing that for, depending on where you live and who your parents are or a variety of different reasons, that river may look very different for different people. But if your feet aren't in the river, then you're never going to be able to immerse yourself in it. Mm -hmm. So uh, try to get to your point where some opportunity is coming your way and get your students mm -hmm. to the point where they're able to, to have their feet in that river too. Because without it, you know, it becomes whatever that, I guess, I'm trying to make a joke here about Groundhog Day, but I feel like we've been living that for the last, <laughs> the last nine months. So uh, I kind of got distracted, but um, yeah, I love that democratizing opportunity and, and, you know, would love to see, I, I guess the, the, the final answer is I don't, I don't know how to do it, but I, I'd love to see the encouragement to, to get your students to seek out opportunity and, and be willing yeah. to say yes when, when it arises, because not everyone's going to have the same chances and benefits that, that I had, or that, that maybe the two of you had, but getting them to be able to strike what iron's hot is really, really key. Well, we want to thank you for joining us, Tim. Um, this has been a eye-opening conversation. If you have any, if you want to put a bow on any of the things that we talked about today, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. First, I mean, if you're listeners at this point, I just want to thank you for, for taking the time to spend an hour with us. Uh, this is something that I'm very passionate about, you know, particularly when, when we talked about social justice. I, I want you to know that I may have said something wrong there, and I may have, may have not used my terminology in the appropriate way. And I just want to say that I'm growing and learning through this as well. And I, I, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak about it, to, to grow, and uh, I really appreciate both of your your insights and, and expertise in sharing that back with me and through that conversation. Secondly, we are coming from the nursing population right now. I, I want to put on my nurse hat before I put on my innovator hat. We're mm -hmm. really struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, my peers, my my colleagues at the bedside are are struggling, and we're going to continue to struggle after this pandemic. You know, there, there's already evidence of PTSD occurring in bedside clinicians because of, of what's happening right now. So for all of you who are out there and listening, the, the one thing you can do is be thankful for your clinicians. I, I, as Brendan mentioned, I'm the chief operating officer of a nonprofit called Nurses Everywhere. And we are launching a campaign right now to try and get some gratitude uh, for, for frontline workers to be shown through wearing a mask. So we have a, a campaign out right now called Thank a Nurse Wear a Mask. If you, if you have some time to, to watch our PSA and share that, that'd be wonderful. But the, the most effective thing you can do right now for nurses is wearing a mask, practice social distancing, wash your hands, and do everything that you can to help decrease the burden that's happening in our health systems that's falling on, on the way to frontline workers. And then finally, to, to bring it back to, to innovation, for all of you out there who, who got excited by this or, or you know weren't sure how to feel about it, don't wait for someone to give you the permission to engage in these things. Consider this, this talk your permission slip. You are an innovator. You have creativity. You have all the capability to do things that I'm doing within you. You may not have the opportunity, 
and you know I, I recognize that. So let's dangle your feet in the river opportunity, whatever river that looks like for you, and consider yourself the person who can be the change that you want to be in the, be in the world. So thank you guys so much for the opportunity to speak to your audience and for the engaging conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you all for listening, and uh, I encourage you all to, to go out there and, and be the good in the world you want to be. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Digital From Day One podcast. Make sure to visit our website at go.osu.edu forward slash digital day one. That's the number one, where you can find out how to subscribe, more information about our guests, and more information about our team. As always, we love to know what you think. Use the feedback form on the website or shoot us an email at digital from day one at osu.edu. The one is actually spelled out here or simply give us a rating on iTunes. And we'd appreciate if you tell a friend about our little show here too. I'm Joel Nelson, along with Brendan Dickerson, and let's continue to make the connections to Opportunity Stronger. Until next time, everybody.